All right, so uh, I work with uh, people that are about this tall, average, all right? So, so today I'm working with, us, with uh, adults, so you have to just uh, humor me just a minute, all right? So when, when I stand up in chapel on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, I'll say, uh, good morning, everyone, and I make the kids do something that's kind of like a sing-song, all right? They go, good morning, Pastor Wilson, all right? Can you guys do that with me? I'll feel welcome in your church then, all right? right? Good morning, everyone! Pastor Joshua, these guys are good. They do a good job. Now, I, uh, we're going to be uh, diving into God's Word at Isaiah chapter 6. All right, so if you, if you want to get your copy of God's Word there and uh, look at it either in your phone or on your device uh, in, um, uh, from the pew back there, Isaiah 6. We have had a, I've had a little technical difficulty with what I sent over for up on the screen. So you have a thing that looks like this in your bulletin if you are a note taker. So, so you can uh, take notes down and, and kind of create your outline here. But I want to start by just asking this question. Uh, does God still speak in 2018? Does he speak? All right. Well, th- then here's, here's the cool thing is, is he could speak this morning. We're gonna, we have our, kind of invited God's Spirit to be here. We have a copy of God's Word open on our lap. And actually, God, uh, by His Holy Spirit, could speak to this little bald-headed guy up here, and, and then to all of you, uniquely at the place where, where you are sitting and what's going on in your life this morning. Uh, there's a little guy named Cain at our school who, when he was a first grader, and I like to do this with the kids, and, and, and do this with the students in your church, because uh, you will be amazed when you ask them this question right here, uh, what has God been saying to you? Why don't we practice that, that little question this morning, right? What has God been saying to you? Try it. What has God been saying to you? Kids love to answer that question. Now, now the first answer is going to be, I don't know. Right? They're going to say, I don't know. But, but oh, that's not an answer. You've got to give me an answer. So Cain, he'll say to me, uh, as a first grader, he's a fourth grader now, but when he's a first grader, he said, well, Pastor Wilson, God came in my dream. I said, he did? <laughs> he said, yeah. He, come, he came right in my dream. And God was there and Jesus. And I said, well, whoa, what, what did they speak to you in your dream, Cain? He said, well, uh, he, they told me that I did not have to be afraid anymore of the dark. Wow, fantastic. I said, well, what did you say back to him when he was talking to you like that in your dream? He says, I told God that I would trust him, right? So, uh, men and women, God could talk to us this morning, all right? Now, now the, the cool thing about Isaiah chapter 6 is it starts out with kind of a time idea. In the year that King Uzziah died, all right, something happened. So, so, so actually, God not only is able to talk still in 2018, he knows what time it is in your, in your life. Now, what time was it in Uzziah's life? And what time was it in Isaiah's life? Well, um, Uzziah, first of all, was the king who, as a 16-year-old boy, became king. And he did a lot of great things. You can read his story in 2 Chronicles 26. Good thing to read this afternoon. Well, what, what, was, what was he doing? Well, he, he tore down you know, idols, and he was one of the you know, there's two kinds of king and kings in Israel, really crummy, and guys that tore down idol, idols. 
And so Uzziah was one of the guys who tore down the idols. Uh, he came in and did a lot of renovation. It's kind of like your church is going through, you know, renovation in the lobby out here. Now we're moving into the sanctuary. Uh, Uzziah was a guy who did a lot of renovation in Israel. And uh, the, the interesting thing happened is he got kind of, he did all of his renovation, and he got a little haughty. And so he decided, you know, I think I'm going to go into the temple and burn incense. And that's, who's supposed to be doing that? The priest is supposed to do that, right? So here's the king trying to be priest, and he went in, and he says, I'm going to do this. So, so the, all the priests uh, run in, and they say, no, wait a minute, don't do that. And he says, oh, no, I'm still doing it anyway. And what happened to Uzziah there is he contacted a leprosy, broke out as a leper, and for the remainder, amazing, of his, uh, of his tenure as king, he ended up uh, actually living in a little hut outside the palace. And, you know, he'd be one of those guys who, they, whenever he came along, they had to call out, leper, leper, leper. And so the king who was haughty now has taken down a few notches. It's interesting that probably the young uh, prophet and priest Isaiah was one of those guys who ran in and said, no, don't do that right now. And so Isaiah now writes down, in the year that that guy died, something happened to me. Now what was going on for Isaiah? Well, at that time, Assyria was marching around the world conquering everything and they had conquered the northern kingdom and it looked like they were about to come down now and conquer in uh, the land of Judah and so Isaiah goes into the temple feeling like wow I'm God's prophet and priest right now I have my back against the wall I'm not real sure what's going to happen next and I better go seek God with all my heart and guess what happens he walks in to the sanctuary or the temple right kaboom I saw the Lord. So at that moment where he felt like his back was against the, the wall, he saw the Lord. Now, the Lord is uh, seated on something. Does anybody remember? He's, it's up here, on the, uh, up here on the text. He's seated on a throne. So what kind of a job does a person have who is seated on a throne? They're king. So, so here's, this is inter Interesting. Isaiah had, saw, had seen a king in the temple who ended up with leprosy, but here is a king on a throne in the temple without leprosy. And he is high and lifted up, and the train of his robe fills the temple. So if, if, I, if Isaiah tries to run over into this corner... He's still under the train of the robe. If he tries to run up here, he's still under the train of God's robe. If he tries to run back there, he's still in the train of, under the train of God's robe. In other words, God's sovereignty is over everything. If you believe that, say amen. He's involved in everything that uh, Pastor Joshua prayed about this morning. Every single one of those things. I experienced this one time while I was traveling between Mississippi and Ohio, which I did a lot of times. My family was still in Ohio while I lived in Mississippi, which, thanks for telling us we were dead last uh, and everything, uh, Pastor Joshua. Okay, so, so, but I traveled back and forth many times, and uh, right north of Nashville one time, I heard, go, go, and 
And then I heard a sound right behind that that was not a good sound. It was this one. And then I felt this feeling. And then a car zoomed around me real fast, and a guy jumped out. He was a guy about six foot five, two big gold earrings. And as he got closer, I noticed there was a gash on his head. I thought, uh-oh, I have hit that man on the, on the north side of Nashville. Uh, he is running now back to my car, and he is going to pull me out of my car and whoop me right here on the, on the edge of I-65 uh, coming out of Nashville. And he got right to the edge of my car, and he's looking in the, 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 uh, the window there, the driver's side window, and he goes, he goes uh, did you hit it too? Did you hit it too? And I rolled my window down about this big. I said, yes. <laughs> we got out, and we found that I had beat him in a contest I was not trying to win, and that was that I had two flat tires, and he had one. So, so this man... Who, who was, you know, not like me. So, you know, he was in a different category of kind of person, and not right away I'm, I'm, I'm in a place I don't know, a rougher part of the city of Nashville. I'm all, all of a sudden feeling uh, some measure of prejudice and assumption about who this person is. Uh, he stayed with me for about 15 hours because it was Sunday afternoon while I was traveling. Nothing was open. And he made sure that his tire got changed and that my two got changed so about 10 o'clock at night we could finally travel on. So my prejudice kind of got <laughs> deflated a little bit. My assumptions about who this person was got kind of knocked out of me. So he's down putting the last lug nuts on my last tire. And he looks over his shoulder and he goes, uh, well, what do you do anyway? And I thought, uh-oh, this has gone so well. And now he, this guy's going to find out what I do and this is not going to be as good. I said, well, I'm a traveling preacher. And he goes, you are? He goes, well, fantastic. He goes, you know, I think God is after me. I said, well, how would you know? He said, well, he goes, I uh, was in a drug deal, and uh, I was sitting in the, uh, pa the passenger uh, seat of the car, and the guy behind in the, in the back seat put a revolver at the base of my head because I wasn't able to pay for the drugs, and uh, he was going to blow my brains out. And, and he said, and at that moment, I had the bright idea, the car was going about 50 miles an hour, to jump out of the car and to roll around and to run. I didn't, I didn't get killed. He goes, uh, and my pastor told me, he goes, you know what? God must have some kind of plan for your life. You should have gotten killed right there. He goes, then I got really sick and I got in the hospital. People thought I had AIDS. And uh, everybody was diagnosing that. And all of a sudden, my pastor came in and he, uh, prayed for me and I got better. And there, there's no sign of, of any kind of sickness in my blood now. And my pastor said, you know what? God must have a plan for your life. And he looked over his shoulder. He goes, what do you think? <laughs> I said, well, da, da, da. He goes, I said, well, listen, you just ran over something that a traveling preacher ran over in the middle of Highway 65 north of Nashville. 
And so that must mean that God has got a plan for you. Have you ever talked to, to the Lord Jesus about him coming and living in your heart? And so his live-in girlfriend, Tara, who was stayed, stayed with us all afternoon and into the evening also, and I stood there on the edge of I-65, and we held hands, just like we did here in the sanctuary. The train of God's robe was there in the sanctuary this morning while we were praying here before the service, but the train of God's robe is also north of Nashville on I-65. And so William and Tara bowed their heads and asked Jesus to come into their hearts and be their Savior. Never seen them again, right? Never seen them again. Don't know whatever happened to them. But I'm certain that God was sovereign that night around 10 o'clock out there on I-65. So the train of his robe filled the temple, but also there's some other things. And I just, just think, you know, Pastor Joshua or Pastor Doug, uh, they feel like, oh, you know, there, there's things going on in the congregation one morning, and there's things that we need to pray about. And so they come in here, and they walk through uh, one of these two uh, doors here, and all of a sudden, this is a very visual, very remarkable vision that Isaiah gets. God is high and lifted up. He's seated on the throne. They cannot get out from underneath his sovereignty because the train of his robe fills the temple. And then there's something else going on. As the pastors come up and they get ready to kneel down here, they say, whoa, look at what's happening in the, in the sky here. There's seraphim. Now, now a, seraph, a seraphim is, is a bird uh, that actually kind of is like our car. It's firebird. So, so either the bird is on fire or else the bird is tending fire but these seraphim are flying with six wings. And they're screaming something. Anybody remember what they're screaming? Holy, holy, holy! Wow, that would, have, that would wake up Pastor Doug or Pastor Joshua coming in to pray. The whole earth is full of his glory. So fire in Scripture has typically to do with the burning off of sin and the idea of us becoming pure in the presence of God. And so here are these firebirds screaming. I want you to visualize this. You come in at a moment in time and you walk in this sanctuary and God is high and lifted up. He's seated on a throne. He's sovereign over your life. Birds are flying and screaming. Holy! And all of a sudden, the, the, the doorposts and the beams and the threshold starts to shake. God is not just pure. He's not just sovereign. He is almighty. Charlie was leading us in singing that this morning, right? Almighty Lion of Judah, powerful, omnipotent God. A lot of times we walk into the sanctuary and we just kind of skip in and we talk and it's a good time of fellowship. But, but listen, when, when we sing uh, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me, right? Wow. He's Almighty. And there should be that remarkable sense of reverence and awe. 
in the presence of an almighty God. Amen? Amen. Now, so, there's the vision that Isaiah had. And the, the question for you and for me is how would we respond if that's what we saw coming in this morning? What would you and I have done? And so, so that's why uh, right now we just, this is a weird thing to do in the middle of a message, right? But we need to pray <laughs> in the middle of the message. <laughs> because Isaiah is going to have a response. We're going to see his response. And it's interesting. Isaiah is probably one of the best men on planet earth at that moment. Prophet and priest of almighty God. And he has a response. What would you and I have done? So, uh, we're going to close our eyes for a moment. Catch this vision, because this is what the Word of God tried to help us do, is to create a vision in our minds of what this, what this picture might have looked like. And I'm going to step down because I'm with you in this response. And we're going to take a moment. Lord, I'm seeing you high and lifted up. You're sovereign in my life. I'm... I'm seeing that you desire purity in the inmost place. And, and I understand that you are almighty. And I am in your presence. And this is what I hear you saying. And here is my response. So, Lord, we give you permission to just uh, burn off the dross in our lives, to enter us afresh, and to be all-powerful through us. And we give you the praise now as we look at how a man in Scripture responded to you. And we pray it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So, what does, how does Isaiah respond? He's seen sovereignty, purity, and omnipotence when he took the look up. And right away, it makes him take a look in. So he's going to look inside. And his first word is, Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! And this is not like, oh, whoops. Or, oh, you know, whoa, Nelly. This is whoa. I'm a sinner. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And guess what? My eyes just saw the Lord God Almighty. He, he is sensing that in his response is only one thing, is I'm about to be fried alive here. He may feel a little like that man in Parma many years ago who decided in his wisdom to uh, roof his very highly uh, pitched roof. And he uh, was on the backside of the roof, and he said, you know, I probably need to tie myself off in some way so I don't slip and fall down. 
and I've got to find something heavy on the other side of the house, and he found his automobile. I can see some of you were thinking already. So he's on the back side of his house. His wife comes out, gets in the automobile, decides it's time for groceries. He feels a little bit of the slack go out of that rope. He begins to run up the backside of the house, and he shoots up over the house, and now he is airborne. And what is he thinking right there? I did something very stupid. I can't believe this. I'm about to, I'm about to die. And he's saying, whoa, right <laughs> at that moment. Now, he, unbelievably enough, that guy did not die. He was broke up pretty bad. There was probably a pretty interesting conversation at the hospital. <laughs> but when Isaiah looked in, he realized there's a problem. Now, this, what is this deal about the lips and this, uh, you know, my lips and their lips? And, and here's the Hebrew understanding, okay? Is, and, and Jesus understood this really well, is that whatever comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Do you remember this story about Jesus? So his disciples were not washing their hands quite the way the Jewish leaders wanted to wash their hands. And Jesus says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't, don't, so, don't worry so much about what's going into your mouth and whether that was touched by clean hands, but, but be pretty concerned about what's coming out of your mouth because what proceeds from the mouth comes out of the, uh, out of the where? Out of the heart. And, and so here's the thing is, not only is Isaiah understanding wow, wrong words might have come, so I could have sins of omission or commission, but, but I also have sins that are, I have a sin, singular, that is dispositional, that I got a wrong heart. Something's got to happen at the point of my heart because I'm in front of God. And uh, men and women, uh, and back to me, right? When we're standing in God's presence, we're going to sense when we look in that he'd like to do something to transform the heart of people. He'd like to change our heart this morning. He'd like to do heart surgery and have everybody go out different this morning because we were in his presence. And so this is the classic problem, right? Uh, That's your next little line there, the classic problem. It's a person who has sinned. Now, this is an interesting one among elementary kids, right? So I look down in, in my first rows in the elementary school, the kindergartners and the first graders are down there. <laughs> so I said, uh, who, who has sinned? I'll say this to them. Who has sinned? And uh, they say, well, they know the verse, all have sinned, right? So I said, okay, all. So I say, all means all. Let's try that this morning, right? All means all. Then I asked this question to the kindergartners and first graders. Does that mean Pastor Wilson has sinned? And they, they give me this look right here. They go. <laughs> and they go, no. <laughs> that couldn't be. That can't be. Pastor Wilson couldn't have sinned, right? I said, no. That even means Pastor Wilson and Pastor Joshua and Pastor Doug. And Pastor Charlie, right? The people you see up here, all means all. 
All means all. And so all of us are in this condition where we need transformation at the place of our heart. And so that's the classic problem, and we're standing in front of Almighty God. Now, what is the solution to the classic problem? And who has that solution? And so, so, you know, Isaiah doesn't look like he's got a good solution. He says, I am undone. It's like uh, my friend who was the pastor, you know, and he got up in front of the, uh, the United Methodist women one time uh, for a conference, and uh, there's a, a whole ballroom of them, and he had gone into the men's room to just check himself over right before the message, and he uh, made sure he was all good and everything. And he came out and stood in front of them. And they, the first rows down here started laughing. And his shirt tail was sticking out of his zipper. And he says, woe is me, I am undone. Right? And because uh, they were laughing at him. He didn't really, he's, I'm not saying anything funny right now, but they're laughing. So, so woe is me, I am undone. But, but there is not a good solution at that point, right? He had to turn his back and zip himself up and turn back around and give his message. <laughs> didn't have a solution. And I want to say, at the point of losing his life, Isaiah didn't have a solution. God had a solution. God has a solution for us. And that solution goes back to, uh, and we sang it so, so wonderfully this morning, Lion of Judah, right? God is almighty. Lamb of God, slain. From the foundation of the world. God's sacrifice is already laid out in that room. Interesting. And one of the seraphs says they're going to fly down and get a coal off of the altar of sacrifice. One commentator, is one of my friends, actually says, well, that, that's a piece of lamb's flesh. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The seraph goes down and applies that coal to Isaiah's mouth which actually, because, again, mouth connected to heart, right? Now he's saying, oh, wow, transformation at the place of the sins committed, forgiven, and at the place of the heart now purified. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Now, have you ever felt guilty? <laughs> I know. Let's raise our hand. No, no, yeah. Whoa, boy. When you feel guilty, I always feel like I'm in a straitjacket. Yeah, I said the very dumb thing to my wife on the way out today, and then I just walked away and got in the car and drove to work. And now I'm guilty all day, and I do not feel unguilty. I don't feel out of that straitjacket until, until that coal is applied and my old heart that says, well, she deserved it is changed and melted inside of me, and I have to go back and say, you know what, honey? I, I am a complete buffoon. I just have to tell you that I am so unbelievably sorry about what I said this morning. And I want to ask you if, and, and I, don't, I don't blame you if you can't, but I want to ask you to forgive me. And at that moment, right, the straitjacket comes off at least a little bit, because of the transaction of forgiveness. Jesus died at the place of a cross. 
so that those kinds of conversations could even take place. You know, we don't really forgive anybody for anything, just to be honest, unless, unless we become identified with the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And we get on that cross and we say with the Apostle Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. And, and I let go of that old hard husk around my heart and I say, would you please forgive me? So that live coal has been applied and now there's cleansing Guilt is taken away and sin atoned for. I like that word atone, don't you? If, you, if we take it apart, it's, uh, it, while it means that in the Old Testament, sin is covered. I like that it, it at, I like that just to take it apart in the English and say at, one. So I'm, I was separated from that one who was high and lifted up. There was no way for me to be in relatedness to him in any way, shape, or form. And because there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world, I actually could be brought into a oneness with the person of Almighty God. You and I could be at a oneness. Guilt taken away, sin atoned for, and then this wonderful little section of the rest of this passage here, it comes down to verse 8. Oswald Chambers says that this is the God zone. And that God has constantly been saying, who shall I send? Who could go for us? Whom shall I send? Whom, whom can go for us? Who, who, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? He's saying that constantly when I'm in his zone. But I can't hear him. <laughs> it's like I have earplugs in. Until sin is, guilt is taken away, and sin is atoned for, and all of a sudden, wow, I'm hearing from God. I hear what he says. He's, he's actually talking to me. It's like Isaiah has entered now fully into not just the vision but he's turned on the volume. <laughs> and he can, he just doesn't see the subtitles down there. <laughs> he hears the voice of God. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And so he gets to look out now and actually see not just the vision of God, but see where God might send him where he might be needed. Is it Joanne's closet where I'm needed? Is it uh, another adult at the end zone? Am I in 
a small group or a Sunday school class here at church? Am I needed to be somebody who watches how to teach or be trained to teach? God is saying, whom? Whom could I send? Who will go for us? And it's those persons who have had their heart transformed who could say the same thing Isaiah says. Here am I. Send who? Send me. Here am I. Send me. Now, this this cleansing of our hearts is important. Because God may give you a job you didn't see coming. (laughs) You may say, you know what? I really don't like middle schoolers. (laughs) But God called me to the end zone. And and I especially don't like rude middle schoolers. And to be honest, some of them have body odor, man. I don't like the smell of a middle, middle schooler. And so, so, but God told me on Sunday morning when that little bald kid was preaching up there that I was supposed to be at the end zone and there's only two left. And I'm supposed to be standing there as another adult who is an example of someone who has their guilt taken away and their sin atoned for and who wants to just bless somehow, wants to invest. I, I'm somebody who's supposed to go stand at... J- Joanne's and hand out food <laughs> or unload a, t- <laughs> unload a trailer full of food, thousands of pounds of food. And I, I, don't, I don't actually like that whole idea of getting involved with people who need food. It's awkward for me. It's uncomfortable. But, but I was in that message and God called me in there. And, uh, and so, so that idea of my heart being cleansed and me then having the fullness of God's Holy Spirit empowering me for love, obedience, and ministry is pretty necessary. Because I want you to hear what Isaiah's job is going to be. All right? And then think about, well, I don't really like the ends. I don't really like Sunday school. I don't really like small group. I don't, they may talk to me in there. I don't really like you. Well, wait a minute. What does God ask you to do? He's going to give you the love by his fullness and, and the obedience and the power. It's not, it's not us, right? It's not us. It's him. And, and so here was Isaiah's job. Listen to this. He said, here, he said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this callous people um, and, and make their ears dull and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, turn to be healed. And then I said, whoa, how long do I have to do that job, O Lord? How long do I have to stand at end zone? How, how, how many years am I going to be at Joanne's? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined without inhabitants, until the houses are left deserted and the fields are ravaged, until the Lord has sent far, uh, everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. Wow. But as the terebinth and the oak leave stumps when they're cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. God is saying, wow, I'm going to send you, Isaiah, on a pretty horrible job. I'm going to send you out to talk to people that don't want to hear what you're saying. And they're going to look at you weird. (laughs) It's going to be like talking to a brick wall. That's why 
your heart better be cleansed, bro. <laughs> Isaiah, right? And, and, and that's why you, it, after you cleanse out that old nasty heart, you, you, then, then I want to fill it up with myself so, so you could love and obey and be empowered for the work that's going to be there. Because it won't, God's work isn't always what we thought. It's not always easy. So, the challenge this morning is, have you seen him today? <laughs> you sense that he was here when we prayed, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, right? Melt me. Mold me. Those are the things we're taking away. Fill me, the thing we added. Then use me. Is there a better song <laughs> for this message than the one Charlie and the team selected this morning? Have you seen him? Have you heard from him this morning? And then when you did, did you respond at that place of quiet? Because I'm going to give you just one more time of quiet right now. You saw how the best man on planet Earth responded. How should you and I respond? And then is God calling you into something? Is he setting you in motion this morning? Did you hear him in the zone saying, hey, who, whom could I send? Who, who would go? And are you responding? Here am I. I. I'll do that. Send me. Let's bow our heads to pray. <clears throat> so Father in heaven, we are blessed here at this vision today. We, we almost feel like here on uh, North, Northeast Avenue, we saw you. We, we don't want to walk away, though, today without allowing you the full work that you want to do at the place of our heart. And so ones of us uh, call into you now, hey, hey, Lord, I give you permission. Take what Jesus has done at the cross, the lamb slain and sacrificed from the foundation of the world, apply it to my heart and melt away all the dross, all that husk of pride, anything that is selfish or self-centered, and fill me with yourself. Melt me, mold me, fill me. Use me. And we pray this now in the powerful name of Jesus with thanksgiving. Amen.